Today's episode of the Sports Headline Show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? Well, with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy home cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Guys, look, as someone who loves chicken and trying to get healthier by the day, I really, really enjoy their chicken taco salad that they have listed on their menu right now. It's one of my favorite items that they are currently providing right now. So make sure you guys go to the link, click to the link in the description on podcasting platforms and on YouTube and go over to HelloFresh. You guys will get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Again, guys, an $80 discount, including free shipping on your first box. The link and the promo code will be down in the description. Please, guys, this offer is limited. So please go over, click the link in the description and, you know, let's get back to today's episode. You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back, everybody, into the most authentic place in sports, the Sports Headline Show. I'm Sean Davis, joined by Warner Sanker. As we reveal the number 14th ranked team on our NFL preseason power rankings as the beat drops. This is my new dancing slot time because Warner wants to be a hater at the beginning of the show. I guess I got my new time. I don't think you need a new time, but uh, as as Sean mentioned, we are bringing you the Seattle Seahawks and our dive into their roster construction um, all the way from coaching to the long snapper. So um, I, let's <laughs> maybe not the long snapper, but um, Seattle is in the hardest division in all of the uh, all of NFL. Um, with and, and really quickly, this just shows you guys how tough this division is. They are the first team to be revealed. We're at 14. Every other division to this point has had a team revealed. Like the AFC North has had the Bengals and the Steelers, the East, uh, everybody like the Dolphins and Jets, West, the Raiders and Broncos. Like every division so far has had a team revealed except the nfc west that just shows how daggone good this division is yeah um and with with that with it being so good this 14th ranking is is really a tough pill to swallow for a team that's been so good and so competitive for so long uh, in seattle although that's mostly because of russell wilson at, at as their quarterback um you know many people uh, myself included think that Pete Carroll has kind of faded out into uh, obscurity uh, where he is, you know, he, he hasn't adapted to the NFL game and um, people are blaming him for the breakup of the Legion of Boom, losing that Super Bowl, obviously with passing it on the one yard line uh, and, and Seattle's gradual demise from then on. But really I think the most, um, the, the biggest reason why they were number 14 and the first team being revealed in this division is their drafting? It's been terrible. They they have they they've gotten no 
I mean, outside of, outside of Metcalf, and don't worry, guys, the, the very promised and epic grant is coming. I got something for you guys. But, like, outside of DK Metcalf, I believe Warner was uh, about to just go into detail about here. What have the Seahawks done in the drafts in these past, really, five years now? Like, at this point, like, it's been, like, bust after bust after bust. And, like, you can't even say, like, well, they don't have first-round draft picks, are you? Because this was the first year that they have not had their first-round pick in quite some time due to the Jamal Adams trade, right? And they have just not drafted well. I believe Warner, something going on with your mic there. Um, something going on with your mic, Warner. So, uh, anyway, as we're trying to figure some things out with Warner, I guess this is the perfect time to talk about Pete Carroll and this organization as we figure out what's going on with Warner. Um, look, Pete Carroll is a fine head coach. He's an okay head coach, and I guess it kind of leads into, like, key departures and additions. They bring in, they lose, guy, uh, they lose their offensive coordinator, they actually fire him or whatever. They bring in Shane Waldron, which who was past the game coordinator for the Rams. I actually really, really like better coordinator hires uh, throughout free agency, I mean, throughout the offseason period. Um, you're bringing in this Shanahan-esque scheme, which is going to be perfect for Russell Wilson, who's one of the best. Like, if there was a quarterback that you like, give me one quarterback with my gun in my head, I want the Shanahan scheme, that quarterback might be Russell Wilson. Getting him on those boot play actions with the moving pockets, that just is, that's what Russell Wilson does best, right? But also, this is really to, to benefit Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, as a coach, he just prefers games like the old school 17 to 14, the 28 to 24, not even like 17 to 14. That's a little bit unrealistic in the modern NFL, right? But the 20, you like the 27, 24, is, he is more than fine with that, right? You saw at points last season, like, he just looked uncomfortable when those games, like, that uh, Patriots game, I think the final score was, like, something ridiculous, like, 45-41, something around that margin of that area, right? The defense looked god-awful, and then when he took the ball out of Russ's hands, which, again, I'm going to go back to my analogy, as always, Warner might hate it, but it is what it is, right? If you're presenting a dinner to the President of the United States, right, and you have your five-star chef who's been who's had who's had a couple of bad or mediocre dishes or his standards or whatever, right? And you know you're presenting to the president of the United States. Are so you gonna say, "Hey, chef, you know we you're our best chef, but you've been a little and recently. We're gonna put you on desserts." No, you are presenting to the that to the president of the United States. You're going to put the the spatula or whatever, and your five-star chef instead of your three-star chef, right? Same here. You put the ball in your five-star top three quarterback's hands instead of limiting him. And in essence, in comparison to the analogy, putting him on desserts and running a, a lot more, uh, running the football and things like that. Yeah, this might help your running game. Yeah, this actually, like, we know it helped the defense out. Last season, the defense started to significantly give up less and less points and played slightly better. We saw in the playoffs, they were not going to beat any team in the NFC last year in the playoffs because they took the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. And just quite frankly, the defense is not good enough. And as we see, they didn't really address much of that at all. So 
Let Russ cook is legit the only way. Maybe now that you brought in Shane Waldron, maybe you can accomplish something there, right? But Pete Carroll is just like, it seems like the game is moving by him very quickly here. He wants to be that more old school, run the football 30 times a game, rely on your defense. But the problem is you can't rely on your defense because you don't draft well. And you can't rely on running the football because you have consistently been one of the lowest spending teams on your offensive line since Russell Wilson has been in the league. So you can't do either of those things. So Pete Carroll, what the F are you doing? Like seriously. So um hoping we got our, that that's just my little mini rant. I'm not going to spend the whole episode discussing that we have more important matters to get to uh, Warner. Are we all good on your, on your mic situation now? All right, so I guess that's a no. Still can't really hear you much there. Uh, am I good, though? I'm good. Like, All right, so let's keep going here. Let's go on to uh, key departures and additions. Again, you, you have some losses. I mean, Seattle is Seattle, really. And as long as, if we're being completely, completely honest here, I mean, due to the greatness of Russell Wilson, you're going to be – hovering over i believe they've only missed the playoffs one time in russell wilson's career so far so you're going to be right in the thick of things come playoff time you're going to be in that playoff race um so you do lose brian skyheimer your offensive play caller last season uh you also lose um jaron reed in defense uh interior defensive lineman you lose kj Wright, who's kind of been a staple uh for your defense recently, uh, you know, with, with Bobby Wagner and the crease, been there for a little while now. Um, you also lose Shaquille Griffin, um, who, while he did have a step back last season, he was still rather easily their best corner on the roster last year. Um, he goes to Jacksonville, gets paid by Urban Meyer, who has been a, a shipwreck of a, a train wreck of a head coach so far, as Warner is pulling up. The uh, is this last year? This is last year, right? The Seattle Seahawks draft class, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess with the letting KJ Wright walk, you're really relying on Jordan Brooks, which I mean, eh, like, I mean, if this is last year, Damian Lewis really benefited from that LSU offensive line, which is really overrated, uh, from the 16 or 15 and 0 national championship run. That offensive line really wasn't that good. You go to 2018, right? Marquise Blair is a uh, serviceable safety for them. And DK Metcalf is just not good. Um, Warren, I think the problem might have been you were muted. That might be what it was. Um, unless you just muted, but it is what it is. And like Cody Barden, didn't see much of him. I actually personally like Gary Jennings. Um, but I get things just didn't pan out there. So, like, these last couple draft classes have been mediocre as it comes. Like, some of the worst drafting. And it just doesn't get talked about, quite frankly, because Russell Wilson is that daggone good, if we're being completely honest with you. Um, and what's this, 2018 then? 17, 18? Let's go 18. Uh, I mean, Rashad Penny, just didn't see much of him. I mean, this is probably one of the better ones. And that's saying something, like, this is still not great. Um, I mean, Michael Dixon, dude. <laughs> I mean, Griffin, that's a good story, I guess. Um, Will Disley is a really solid tight end for them. He just hasn't been able to really stay healthy. 
and Rasheem Green, who at this point, really, right? I mean, hate to be disrespectful there, but I mean, we just haven't seen much of him at all. Um, and Trey Flowers, like, you go, Warner? What do you think? Are we? Uh, actually, I think I can hear you now. I think so, a little bit. Is it quiet? Yeah, it's just quiet. But, um, I'll try to talk louder. But, um, yeah, man, like, these offenses have just been, like, absolute, like, not these offenses, sorry about that. The uh, drafts have just been awful recently. It's, like, that's not even an, that's an understatement, right? But, again, it just doesn't get talked about because Russell Wilson is so damn good. Um, key additions, so we can start getting to the draft, I mean, the roster breakdown, uh, you know, got some things to do. Uh, key additions, Shane Waldron. We talked about him a little bit already. Um, and then uh, you bring in Gabe Jackson, right guard, who should contribute at least. Dwayne Eckridge, one of your draft selections this year. I thought that was an okay pick. Uh, Gerald Everett, you get him from the Rams, uh, coming over with Shane Waldron. Uh, Kerry Hyder, edge rusher, defensive end. Uh, Al Woods, who was an opt-out, Pierre Desire. Uh, to help that cornerback room and a kill a Witherspoon, Witherspoon, my bad. And Marquise Blair, one of the guys we were just talking about who they drafted a few years back, uh, who's been good. He's just really has struggled to stay healthy. Um, but, I mean, he's a solid, solid player. And uh, so, yeah, let's, Warren, you have anything else to add or can we get going with the uh, roster breakdown? I just want to correct you on uh, one thing um, when you said – Let's see, Pierre, uh, you, I don't know how you. Pierre Desire. I think that's how Pierre. I said it. Desire. Pierre Desire. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate you. Uh, so let's look at this quarterback room here, which is undoubtedly ranked third. And if this quarterback room is not ranked third by any person or like anybody, then they don't know football. Russell Wilson. They could be ranked fourth. I think there's an argument for Deshaun Watson. Okay, yeah, but we don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play football ever again. Exactly. Yeah, so, like, health, like, I was about to say healthy, but Deshaun Watson, with no allegations, could make an argument. But, unfortunately, it's a lot up in the air on that one. But Russell Wilson, the only reason why, like, he's as great as he is, you could say, if you said he's not an elite, I think there might, you can make an argument, there's only really two elite quarterbacks in the league, and that's Rodgers and Mahomes in that order. Because, like, Rodgers, look at Aaron Rodgers last season, right? The best quarterback in the league last year was Aaron Rodgers. And what the best quarterback in the league does, in 18 games, he had one bad game. That was week five on the road against Tampa, right? That's what the best quarterback, an MVP quarterback, does. Russell Wilson, every so often, like every year, he'll like have a blitzing start, right? First five to eight weeks of the season, giving like, depending on the year, he's legit. Maybe the he looks like the best quarterback in football. You could go back to Lamar's MVP season. Heck, this year, he was actually my MVP for like the first few weeks of the season. And then like just like week nine on, it feels like you get like two or three, maybe even four, just lackluster performances from Russell Wilson. 
which is something that you're not supposed to get from the best quarterback in the league. Hence, like what Aaron Rodgers did again last season. He had, what, 48 and five interceptions, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions in the regular season. You take out that bad game, he had 48 touchdowns and and three interceptions, which is just ridiculous, right? So that's kind of why I think there's a drop-off between him, between Rodgers, Mahomes, and then it's like Russ, and then a couple other quarterbacks are like scratching. I've heard Josh Allen. I've heard Josh Allen. Uh, Yeah, it's like then you get like those guys, right? But, I mean, I think if Russell Wilson were to have a crazy year, it could be this year in the most quarterback-friendly scheme of all time, um, the Kyle Shanahan scheme. They're now dip, obviously, you're going to be dip, running a little bit of a different variation of it, which every team does. But I think Russell Wilson's going to shine. Again, he has maybe the best deep ball in the league in terms of just ball placement, the touch he has. Yeah, the finesse, the touch he has on the ball placement. He does have the best arm. I'm not saying that. Like, th- that's probably, like, Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers in that order, give or take, right? But so this ball placement on that. On. Allen, Allen, <laughs> Mahomes, Rodgers, Stafford. Yeah, there we go. Um, my, bad, my bad, Josh Allen. Um, but, yeah, that's how, that's how it is. Um, he, has, he has great accuracy. He has some gunslinger mentalities, which you see a lot in those bad games or whatever. But this might not be a coincidence, but when you let Russ cook, he doesn't have as many mistakes because he's a very in-rhythm player. It's, it's like a basketball player for, for, I mean, in comparison slightly, right? Like, if I, like, shoot 20 shots a game for eight straight games, right, I'm going to have a little bit more of a rhythm than where you severely take my, like, shots away. So if I go from 20 shots a game for the first 10 or so games of the season, and then for the rest of the year, I'm at – eight to 12, like my rhythm, my style as a player is going to significantly change. So that's just my thoughts on Russell Wilson. Were there anything else to add? You know, it makes sense. Um, you, you, as, as an athlete, you get into rhythms um, all the time and that's what uh, helps you thrive. And when you're always changing that up and uh, when you have a coach that may or may not be going around you and your own coordinator, um, it, it definitely throws some pause into it. And then your mistakes get multiplied. Um, because everyone's looking at him with more scrutiny. Yeah. So let's look at this running back room here, which, I mean, at this point, Chris Carson's kind of started to become a little overrated. Like I said, a lot of lists where Chris Carson's like a top 10 running back. I'm like, okay, guys, slow down a little bit. Like, calm down. Yeah. Calm down. He's, he's, I, he's okay. Uh, they're going to rate 24th in terms of pure running back room. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and uh, maybe like a DJ Dallas potentially. Like they have some other guys. Uh, yeah, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer potentially. But you really look at Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, who I actually think Penny might be the better scheme fit, especially if they're going more with this outside zone uh, Kyle Shanahan offense. Right? I think Rashad. The only bad thing with Rashad Penny, and there's a reason why they took him in the first round, and part of that reason is, you know, they're not great at drafting, but also injuries. He he hasn't been able to stay on the field for a full season yet in his career. Um, and and I think if if you if you get Penny for a full season, I think you are better off starting Penny over Carson. But um, in in, in all truthfulness and, and realistically, they're both probably going to get hurt at some point this season. 
Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's nice to have two guys that you can rely on as long as they're not both hurt at the same time. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I honestly don't even want to spend that much time on this running back room. It's just, it's just not much to talk about. It's I, I, very- just, I, want, to, I want to give you a, a quick little stat uh, here. So, um, in, week, in week one, Russell Wilson, last year, Russell Wilson threw for 322 yards. He was also the leading rusher with 29 yards. Russell Wilson was the leading rusher four times in uh in the season and the most rush yards that any i guess rusher had at all during the season was 84 from guess who russell wilson in that overtime loss to arizona in which he threw three interceptions and lockett had 200 yards receiving um that was the game that broke sean's fantasy season last year um dj dallas led the uh, led the team in rushing twice although in both of those games combined he only had 72 yards rushing and the uh, highest non-quarterback rushing uh, single-game uh, rushing mark was 80 yards from Chris Carson and then 79 yards from Carlos Hyde. So all this, you know, I want to run the ball, we need to run the ball, play winning football. In games they lost, their rushing totals were 84 from their quarterback and then 31, 60, and 65. Those were the four games they lost. That's how many yards they got. In games they won, well, they had 44 yards, 69 yards, 63 yards, um, 41 yards, 41 yards again, 80 yards, 58 yards. So there's no real pattern to winning football and the amount of rushing yards you get in a game, except for the fact that your quarterback was your leading rusher who is not named Lamar Jackson four times when you want to run the ball and pound the ball in the middle with your running back. I think that just shows um, the, the, the Keith Law and Pete Carroll's uh, strategy and his just the way he approaches the game. Yeah, now, if they're really, like, diving in with this scheme, which they should for obvious reasons that have already been addressed, they probably won't be the 24th best rushing attack because, like, no matter what, like, the Rams will get to play the numbers. Yeah, like, with, with the Rams, we'll get to them in a separate episode, right? The Rams might be, just throwing this out there, they're not, they're not this, but the Rams might be, the 30th best rushing attack, right? But they're running, the, they're running a Sean McVay, Cal Shanahan scheme, so they'll probably be a top 20 and higher running, I mean, like, rush, running attack, rushing attack team. My gosh, my word. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, but And also, it's based off of who you got in the running back room. And, and I mean, let's face it, Chris Carson or Nor Rashad Penny or DJ Dallas, whoever you want to throw in there, is even close to the top, maybe even 15 in terms of running backs. Um, I mean, if, if we're, if we're being honest, um, but teams like the Niners in the past, they 19 in the league, Chris Carson. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but like teams like the Niners in a talented rushing, rushing room, which is why they are 24th in the league. Yeah. But again, like I was just going to point out like on the Niners Super Bowl run, they didn't have a top 15 running back on that roster, but this scheme again shows that, Hey, either like ready back by committee like this Seahawks team they have bodies for sure that can produce in this in this scheme which again if they're really diving deep into the scheme which again they should they'll definitely be a top 20 or so or even higher running attack but just in terms of pure talent they're definitely not even close to top 10 so 
the running back room ranks in for us here 24th. Let's go up to this receiver room here, which is definitely interesting. You know, one of the best ones in the league. They actually rank um, seventh in the entire National Football League here. And this obviously starts with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, after that, you're really relying on maybe doing Extridge to have a have a really good year. You did lose, was it David Moore? That's right. David Moore, yeah. Probably, I, I called him the best third-string receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, as a true third-string receiver, he would just get open. He would run good routes. He would be fine after the catch. He wouldn't have drop problems. He'd just be a pretty overall mediocre average receiver and, and a perfect fit to be the number three receiver. And when you have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, who are both burners and, and uh, are primarily deep threats. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say, like, just by the, like the construction of this roster, again, if they are really diving into the scheme, I would expect them to go kind of more like the Vikings tie-ins and somewhat Browns route here, where they run a lot more 12 personnel. So a lot more two tight ends. They have the bodies to do that. If Disley's healthy, they have Disley, they have Gerald Everett. Um, Because I'm just not completely confident that, you know, Eskridge day one in this scheme. I mean, I guess you could say you you could scheme them open, but I don't, I'm basically saying I expect them to go more 12 personnel like those teams as opposed to like 11 personnel, which is what the Rams primarily run. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I think that's uh, probably the best fit for them because you, you you said they have the bodies. They've got Gerald Everett, who is more of a receiving tight end, not a blocking tight end, and also Will Disley. But I think more importantly, their receivers that they have, they have uh, DK Metcalf, who is, you know, primarily a post-corner streak uh, curl type of, type of route runner. Um, he's not one of those finesse route runners you see in Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then Tyler Lockett, while he's a better route runner, he's primarily a deep threat. He's going to run the post, the corners, uh, maybe a deep in uh, comeback. And and I think in this scheme, that's what you really um, – that's what really is valued because you have guys who who can take the deep shots and burn corners or safeties that are even the slightest bit out of position, burn them over the top. For Russell Wilson, again, one of the best finesse deep ball throwers in the league, hit them while he has time in the pocket, moving outside of the pocket, moving his legs, uh, which is what makes him such a, a threat in, in this scene. Yeah, so more of the story so far this episode is Seattle should be doing everything in their po- in their capacity to uh, switch to this Kyle Shanahan scheme, bringing over Shane Waldron. Uh, next, let's discuss this uh, offensive line room here, which, I mean, they've definitely, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say, I don't even want to say definitely, They've made some moves, I guess you could say. Like, that's that's a nice way of saying it. They bring in J- Gabe Jackson, who is now probably their second-best offensive lineman on the, on this starting group. Because um, Dwayne Brown, he is a solid, actually one of the, uh, one of the better. Top, when you get to top 10, I think that's kind of a stretch, but he's definitely an above average. Really nice left tackle. Yeah, he's an above average, really solid left tackle in the NFL. Um, you have Damian Lewis as your starting left guard, which is fine, I guess. You have Gabe Jackson as your right guard again. You have Brandon Shell as your right tackle. And Ethic, I'm not even going to pronounce Ethan. Oh, my God. Ethan, um, I'm not going to pronounce the last name. Uh, I don't want to get slandered. But Ethan, 
Poikic? Is that right? Did I get that? Uh, I'd say Posich. Posich? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's usually the S sound. I, I can I, see that, that. That one actually, that, that it actually confused me too, so you're not alone on there. Yeah. Um, now, this in this scheme, because you look like at the Rams team, for example, the Rams haven't had like this dominant offensive line recently. It helps for sure. Ask the Browns. It helps to have that dominant offensive line. But with this scheme, man, again, I keep raving, we keep raving about this scheme, but it works. It elevates everyone involved. It even elevates the offensive line to a certain extent. But the biggest concern for me is, is knock on wood if you're a Seahawks fan, well, knock on wood in general, you never want to see an injury. But like, so God, like Dwayne Brown gets hurt. Your tackle depth is atrocious. Like this is some of the worst offensive line depth that we have seen thus far where like if anybody gets hurt you are like so you look at your roster and you're like oh we're 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 you know what like we're screwed right so like use expletive terms there but like you are legit insert, insert voice expletive here <laughs> you are you are like really 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 screwed if you lose if, if, even if you lose like brandon shell your starting tackle would be Cedric Abushie, Abushi, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Um, so like, you are like legitimately screwed. Like it is bad, right? And then like, your your center depth like is even worse. And I mean, I'm not like Ethan. Like Ethan Poikik is what I called him or whatever. Again, that's probably wrong. Um, or Pusich, I think is what Warner said. Uh, like if he goes down with an injury, you're even more screwed, right? Like just the, the, the offensive line depth is awful. Um, another situation where they probably won't be 27th if completely healthy because his scheme is just so daggone good. Right. But man, oh man, this is, this is going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, just offensive line depth here. It's just one of the worst it's a, it's a pretty terrible line. They have no depth. And, um, you know, it's Cedric O'Boy. He could potentially be playing some games to tackle uh, for them. So. Yeah. All this instead, also they rank, uh, let's see, uh, they rank 19th for offensive coaching and culture with Shane Waldron. Again, we've talked about this with some of the other uh, incoming play callers while i'm definitely optimistic there's just always a safe level of skepticism especially with the scheme because you want to have like a you have to separate yourself you have to be a little creative um based off like your quarterbacks really for being honest with you um so that's what it is and uh we're gonna take a quick break and we'll go right back into the defense so let's see the sports headlines podcast on podcasting platforms and on youtube we'll be right back all right, guys, we are back. We are to get, look over this defense now. But really quickly, the Seahawks offense uh, ranks eighth in the league here while it seems like we were kind of crapping on them a lot. I mean, there is a, again, there is a lot of optimism in this group here. I mean, you have Russell Wilson, a top three quarterback. You have a wide receiver group that is one of the better ones in the league, especially if they go the direction I think they should go. Um, and then you have a very promising uh, offensive play caller and Shane Waldron that I am really, really excited for. I've got to talk myself into this one, but I am extremely excited 
uh, for, for what this uh, offense could do now with Shane Waldron. I do think, again, they should go a lot more 12 personnel here. I think that fits this team's uh, personnel a lot better. I don't think I'm fully comfortable, like, if you're running 11 personnel variant on this Kyle Shanahan scheme, which is what the Rams did. Um, I just don't think they have the body. So they had David Moore still. They brought David Moore back. I honestly wouldn't oppose them running a lot more 11 personnel as their base scheme set. But, you know, with the loss of David Moore, uh, I just don't think it, it makes a lot of sense for them to go uh, 11 personnel. I think 12 personnel definitely suits this team a lot better. Um, let's look at this defense here. Let's start with the run defense here, which the run defense, man, oh, man, this run defense here is going to rank 22nd in the league. Uh, not one of the worst ones. It's not going to kill you. If you have, like, a top, I mean, it's going to be some games. If you're, if you're facing a dominant, uh, like, offensive line and a dominant rushing attack it might affect you but if you're facing a middle in the pack team it, you won't be too heavily affected and impacted uh by having the 22nd or so best rushing attack in the league um you know your front four is okay i guess you have Kerry Hyder, al woods Puna ford alton robinson you have carlos uh carlos dunlap you know as another potential uh edge defender on the defensive line who you know will contribute he's not a bad uh edge defender edge run defender but he's definitely not great for sure um but I think one of the got some of the things that elevates this is that Bobby Wagner is still that dude and you have Jamal Adams who if they gosh if they use him right and use him as a box safety like he's I mean, you can occasionally use him as a more rangy free safety guy, but this did not use him properly like the Jets did. As, I mean, dear God, I'm saying like the Jets did something right in the past few years, but they'd used Jamal Adams to his capabilities. I don't think the Seahawks did that last year, right? Uh, as much crap as I've gave Jordan Brooks, more so the, the decision-making of drafting him, if anything, right? He's a really good and, and capable run defender, which makes the loss of KJ Wright a lot better, uh, a lot more, e- uh, like, you're feeling a lot better about the loss of KJ Wright now. Um, Cody Barden is a okay uh, linebacker in terms of run defender. And, uh, again, Jamal Adams. So, 22nd in terms of this run defense group here. And let's go on to his pass rush group, which... Man, oh man, this is not a lot to love about this pass rush group. This pass rush group for the Seattle Seahawks ranks 31st in the entire NFL. Um, <clears throat> Carlos Dunlap's your best pass rusher on this front four? Yikes. Um, and one of the things about this defense and one about the thing about this team in general, their line play is really bad. But the difference is offensively, the scheme might, you know, hide some of those flaws. There's nothing on this defense that's going to hide how bad this line play is going to be. Carlos Dunlap's your best, like, pass rusher who, on a Super Bowl caliber team, Carlos Dunlap should be, like, a number two pass rusher. Maybe he's, at this point of his career, like, a middle-of-the-pack number two pass rusher, but he's, at this point the only guy that I actually trust worth anything to create some pressure off the edge for this defense, which is really troubling, if we're being quite honest with you. 
right? He had a solid year when he got to Seattle last season, but there's just not a lot of hope there. LJ Collier is another guy they drafted recently. He has been a bust. Putin Ford is just not that great of a run. I mean, you have a pass rusher. And then Alton Robinson, the other edge rusher, just not a lot to be desired. Then you get to the interior, def- the defensive line depth is just not, it's just not pretty at all. Like, this is, obviously it is, like, we ranked them 31st. This might be, I mean, even when you go, well, I was going to say, like, Alliance or the Texans or whatever, but sheesh, like, this is bad. <laughs> like, the, this, you should not, if you're a Super Bowl contender, like, pass rush does matter, right? And they don't have a great pass rush. And as we'll talk about later, their secondary is even, it's not that great either. Um, but, man, oh, man, guys, like, two of the biggest things about, like, how we evaluate it, pass rush got 32% of the defensive grade. And when you have one of the worst pass rushes, if not, I mean, on some weeks, you'll look at this pass rush group, you're like, my gosh, this is the worst pass rush in the NFL. Um, it, I mean, Kerry, it's just, it's just bad here. Kerry Hyder might be a okay rotation on pass rusher, but even then, right, he's not a starting pass rusher in the league. And I'm talking about him potentially helping this, this team out in terms of the pass rush. So just a lot more to be desired there to, to say the least, like, it's it's really puzzling and you're really concerned about the pass rush here. So pass rush ranks in 31st in the entire league. Let's go on the linebackers here, which I guess you could say there, there's something to be excited about here. And linebackers, they rank fifth in the league. But if we're being honest, a lot of this is because of Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is still a top three linebacker in the league. Like you look at him, Levante David, and uh, Eric Kendricks probably for that top for the top three linebackers in the NFL right now. And Colts fans, if you're listening to this, you're definitely going to be a little outraged at that statement. But, you know, it's part of the job at this point and stage of the game. But Jordan Brooks, you're, you are really hoping he has a breakout caliber season this year because Bobby Wagner is only getting older. Um, and you want to hope that that first round pick really pans out again. You are. Uh, you're really relying on him due to you guys pretty much letting go of KJ Wright. Um, so you're really hoping on Jordan Brooks have a bounce back season or a breakout season rather. Cody Barton, you know, just a he's your third linebacker. You're fine with that. Nothing too much to talk about. The depth here is mediocre. Um, Barrett Kervin uh, could be a fourth linebacker. Outside of that, there is really not that much to be desired for in this linebacking group here. And, but yeah, Bobby Wagner, just his all-around ability, his pass coverage ability, his ability to stuff the run, just a lot of things that you are definitely excited about if you are a Seahawks fan. And, I mean, Bobby Wagner is still one of the best in the game right now. Let's move on to this secondary here. And, uh, yeah, it's not that great either, but at least it's not as bad as the pass rush. So this secondary group here is going to come in ranked 25th in the entire league. Uh, some of this does have to do with Jamal Adams. Your safety group is actually rather underrated. I do like the safety group in the safety room. Marquise Blair, uh, Quandre Diggs, and Jamal Adams. I do think that is a more than capable safety group here. But, I mean, you, you, to have a good safe cornerback, I mean, secondary room, you're going to need some corners. I mean, a Killer Witherspoon is your best corner? Like, 
that that that's a lot of cause to pause there. Like he's a okay, maybe like if he's my starting outside boundary corner on a Super Bowl team, I'm not really happy about that at all. Trey Flowers is just not that great of a corner. Uga Amandi is a solid, really solid nickel slot corner who I definitely think I'm fine with. And then DJ Reed. But man, oh man, this secondary has a lot of flaws. And uh, I'm just not sold on this secondary, especially in the cornerback room. Because um, my gosh, um, they got guys that'll fit the scheme probably, which I guess helps. But when you have this defense, I mean, you don't, you don't grit, you don't, rush the passer that well your run defense is okay at best your secondary just has a lot of question marks especially a corner i mean getting up here to see her as well who i guess you're probably looking at a little bit better there but just really really a lot of question marks on this on this defense um so anyway this defense is going to rank 27th in the entire nfl um just ahead of the falcons actually they uh have a considerable margin um, above the uh, Falcons, but just a couple points behind the Jacks and actually not too far behind the Titans either. Uh, they rank um, at this rate 23rd, I believe, in defensive coaching. Uh, I actually contributed this a little bit more to like bad drafting recently, but still, like they have just have not been a great defensive team. I think part of that is coaching. coaching. So let's look at some of the strengths and weaknesses for this squad here. They'll go over the schedule predictions are over under and we'll get you guys out of here. So strength number one, I think it's definitely Russell Wilson. I think he is the legit number one reason why you are even close to 14. Uh, he's the reason why you've been pretty much a playoff contender for the past. See, I drafted 2012 almost a decade now. He's the reason why you've been in that playoff race every single year. Um, strength number two, I guess your playmakers. You have a lot of playmakers offensively. I think the rain Estridge will have some sort of an impact, even though I still think they should go a lot more 12 personnel. He'll still he'll still contribute throughout the season. Um, and that legit might be it. You have some play. I think playmakers in general. I think you have playmakers defensively as well. Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, hopefully has a breakout year. Jamal Adams, your safeties, I actually think could be a strength depending on how they use them properly. And uh, weaknesses, I'll say considerably your offensive line, specifically the depth at O-line. Um, this is definitely the worst depth on the offensive line I've seen of any team so far on this list. Um, like, one injury happens to this offensive line, and you are toast. Um, sorry about that, guys. Uh, pass rush as well, I would say, is a weakness. And then uh, just you just don't have – you barely have a number two pass rusher. And then your secondary – Outside of the safeties we talked about as a possible strength, you don't have a lot of upside at corner at all, and uh, that's definitely going to cost them some games this season. So the over-under for Vegas is nine and a half games, and so let's quickly look over this, and let's, uh, you know, um, let's give our schedule predictions over-under Vegas. The over-under is nine and a half, so on the road at Indianapolis, this is actually a tough one. I think if Indy is fully healthy... Like, if Carson Wentz is playing and you have Quinn Nelson back, uh, who I think is suspected to return and be back for that game, I think actually Indianapolis squeaks this one out um, because we talked about it all up so long. Actually, I forgot to name this as a weakness. The line play, that's how you beat Seattle. You beat them with a dominant line on both sides of the ball. 
Indianapolis has a top five offensive line when healthy, and Indianapolis' pass rush and their and their line play should be enough defensively. DeForest Buckner and all the other guys, Quiddy Pay has been phenomenal in the preseason. Should be enough to, to slow this offense down. So I think Seattle will lose against Indy. If they beat Tennessee, T- Tennessee is uh, very similar, ironically, to this Seattle Seahawks team. Uh, on the road in Minnesota, uh, I don't know what Warner had them doing, so about, I'm just going to go off my gut here. I'm going to go Seattle wins this one on the road. Um, I think at San Fran, I'm going to be consistent here. I think they lose that one at San Fran. Um I, th- I, I think they'll uh, split against LA, so I think they'll be. I think that's three and two now. I think they'll lose to Pitt, three and three. New Orleans should be back, and but at home and in Seattle, I think that's tough. Uh, four and three, Jacksonville five and three. They have their bye. I think they lose at Green Bay. I think they beat Arizona. I think they split with Arizona six and four. I think they. Uh, I think they lose to Washington six and five. If San Fran's healthy all year, I think they lose San Fran both times six and six. I think they beat Houston seven and six. I think they lose to LA, the Rams seven and seven. I think they beat Chicago, beat Detroit nine and eight. And I think they nine and seven. I think they end the year nine and eight. I think they lose to Arizona in week 18, game 17 to finish the season nine and eight. So that's going to wrap everything up, guys. Please hit that like button if you're listening on, watching on YouTube. Uh, please, you know, subscribe and please go over to NFLSapia.com for more news and articles and keep you up to date on all the latest NFL news. If, and, uh, that's all for the video. Peace out guys. Appreciate you.